Hi everyone, I've got with me Hazley Cush. Hi Hazley. Hi Tom. Okay, I love this guy and the reason why is he walks his talk. Um, he used to own all of Ray White New Farm. Yep. Now he just owns the property management part of the business. Property manager today. Property manager today. It's a good business to be in. The best. Stronger than bricks, they reckon. <laughs> um, but you're also consult to the Whites and the Ray White Group. Yep. Um, where you coach and lead salespeople and principals and yep. the business owners. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason I wanted to have you on here is I've seen you over the years build a four to five million dollar sales business. Yep. I've seen you go from a zero to hero in market share, thirty percent market share yep. in uh, five suburbs. Yep. When you were running the business. Yep. And you've got the best helicopter view, I think, in Australia at the moment about what is it that young people need to do to be successful in this business. It's quite a wrap. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, you deserve it. Thanks, um, Now, the first thing I want to talk to you about, Hazley, is um, how long have you been doing real estate for? I started in 1996. Yeah. I started working for my mum, my stepfather. It was uh, big changes, you know. And I was 18. I just turned 18. I wanted to be a, uh, wanted to be a TV star. Right. And uh, didn't quite work out. I've tried to make real estate. My, like, look at this today. You know? It's like being a TV star now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you are. 14,000 people. <laughs> some more than some of the TV channels you're watching out there. <laughs> so that didn't really work out. And mum said, oh, well, why don't you come and work for us in the office? And the advantage of working for my mum in the 90s is the market was tough. Yeah. Really tough. My mum was very tough and my stepdad was even tougher. Um, and I had the luxury of being... Of, of being belted, you know, like they were so honest with me in all of my shortcomings, right. and I had no, I had no option to leave. You know, there was my mum and my stepdad. Um, it was the beginning of a career, and they were really honest, and there was no choice of leaving. And the, the biggest thing that I see today, and I, I've employed lots of eighteen-year-olds. If you go too hard, they want to leave. Yeah. Um, if you don't go hard, they don't develop the strict structure that right. they always need. And for me, um, you know, having that grounding with them, their honesty, was a wonderful foundation for a career. And the guys that I've watched who you can be honest with, give them direct feedback, not be rude, not shame and blame or, or pick on, but just be honest, you know. You're not working hard enough, you're not doing the hours. I know you'd love to leave at five, it just doesn't work. Right. You're single, um, you've got no kids, You've got the luxury of time. Beat them with your advantages. Put the hours in now. Those people that do that really, ex- really succeed and excel. And the ones that don't, they don't want to listen or they think there's an easier route, they fail. You know. So I had this great foundation in '96. Um, okay. Had. So, Hazley, that's really interesting because what you're saying is that it's good to get hit hard and get hammered. Yet some salespeople would say they want to go into an office and feel terrific about themselves. So where, where, where's that balance? And I suppose the language of being belted is, um, is it's aggressive. And I never, uh, there were some things that I learned from how it was communicated with me that I would, I learned, the lesson that I learned was I would never do that. So I shared the same message in a less aggressive way. Yeah. So if I needed to give you some feedback, we wouldn't do it in a public environment where you would feel ridicule and embarrassed. Right. We'd send the message of the importance of the activities that we need to be doing in the market at the time, and then maybe you and I would catch up separately, and I'd say, Tom, you know, 
when's the last time you set the alarm on the office? And you said, oh, Hayes, I didn't even know we had an alarm on the office. That's the problem, mate. (laughs) If you've never set the alarm, then you've never been the last person out of here. You're 18, 19, 20. If you're not the last person to leave, how are you going to beat the best person in here that is the last person to leave doing less? So not being mean or rude, but being honest. And I think sometimes we've got to lead our leaders. You know, um, being a principal of a business doesn't come with a rule book. It doesn't come with an instruction book. And sometimes they give us this hard feedback and we think they're just being mean. But if you can uh, just dig through it and find the, the message and you can take, take the good out of that message... You know, these people, a lot of our principals have got there because they did these things. They don't always articulate it that well. Right. But there's some good in their message, you know? Okay, Hazley, on this issue, last to leave the office, yeah. turning the alarm off, is the hours important in the business? The, I, look, I can only speak from my experience of what I do. But we deal in a business where our clients usually only have time to discuss this business after hours. So we deal in a business of after hours. Right. You might not get in, you might take some time off through the day, but nights are when people have the freedom to talk about their property, about whether they're going to sell it, whether they're going to buy it. We can build a relationship with them when they're not at work for future, um, you know, for future relationships to pick up listings down the track. Buyers as well have time available. And Saturdays is a whole day of after hours. So... I work long hours, you know, I've always, even now since selling the sales business, I thought it would give me much more free time. I'm still doing 70 plus hours a week. Right. But you can do this game and not work long hours, but you've still got to do after hours hours, which does involve turning the alarm off. You know, it was just a really easy KPI for me to say to our guys, hey, when's the last time you turned the alarm off? And when some say, I've never turned it off, you think, well, you've, you've never been the last person to leave the office. Yeah. How can you beat everyone else in here? Yeah. Leaving before them. Yeah. You know, in, in, in my office at New Farm, when I left, our top guy when I left who bought the business, a guy by the name of Matt Lancashire, he would be in at 7.30. He would sometimes be there at 9.30, 10.30. I would have agents come to me and say, how do I beat Matt? Yeah. And I'd say, well, I, just, I can give you a tip now. You're not going to beat him doing less. Well, there's a big takeaway point there, and um, that series, Million Dollar Listing, um, if anyone's watched it, Frederick, uh, the agent, where he says he's, he's, he's a funny character, but he makes a very valid point. I outwork the competition, yeah. you know? Yeah. I outwork the competition, and I think, Hazy, you couldn't have summed it up better by saying is, how are you going to be the best if you're not the one leaving last? Yeah. Just so well said, Hazy. Hazy, yeah. you also do um, auctions every month? Yeah. Um, probably every, yeah, a couple of times a week. A couple of times a week. You're a big believer um, in auctions. Yep. You're a big believer in vendor paid advertising. Even in 2013, you're a big believer in print and you're one of the people I also, apart from liking you because I like you, I also like you because you actually go out and you help agents to actually drive print as part of them becoming attraction businesses. Yeah. Um, what is it that you've noticed that's why do some agents get auctions why do some agents get VPA and others don't in the same office what is the difference so unfortunately I've had a lot of time to think about this Um, I didn't know this question was coming but agents ask all the time 
where's the green gas? Why is it easier for them? Why does Tom always get the big ads? Well, Tom always gets the big ads because he asks for the big ads every time. You know, I, I have agents say, I, I, I can't get a half-page ad. Oh, when's the last time you asked for one? I've never asked for one. So you're waiting for a vendor to sit you down and say, hey, Tom, thanks for listing our property. How much of those half-page ads? Let's do yeah. a couple of those. Like, you're never going to get ads waiting for the vendor to do the listing presentation on you. Yeah. You know, you're going to get big ads by, one, knowing the product. Two, knowing the benefits of it. You know, if, if you don't know your product and you don't know the benefits of it, then you're never going to sell it. So we go through a process with our group where we say the first step is ask for ads. Know the product, know the benefits of it, have some good stories, and then ask. After a little while, you're going to get some ads. Then you're going to develop your story. So we say, first you ask, then you sell. So instead of just asking for the ad, you hey, look, Tom, I did this listing. I had this property last week. We did this campaign. I actually met with an agent this morning. We went through this. Her last campaign, she got 104 buyers through, 20 bidders at the auction. So now she just asked, and now she can sit down at the next listing presentation and she sells. So first ask, then you sell. I did this last week. They didn't want to spend the money. I can now do... I had 104 people through the front door, 20 bidders. When that vendor looked at their offer, they didn't think, is there any more money out there? They knew there yeah. was no more money out there. And then the next step after that, where the, where the elite agents are, is they tell. They're pre-sold. You know, so they go and sit down at the table. Right, so Tom, what are we doing? Well, guys, you want this. This is the campaign that we're doing. So it's a three-step process. First you ask then you sell, and then you, then you tell them. And for me, I think that agents who really want to get more in print have got to understand that the digital era is fantastic, but the digital era, era does what we used to do as agents. It, it qualifies buyers for us. So if I'm out there being a buyer, I only want to see properties that I like, so I, I refine my search, pick the suburb, pick the number of bedrooms, pick the pool that I want, well, when I was selling in the 90s and you said, hey, uh, Hayes, I want a four-bedroom house with a pool, I would take you to some four-bedroom houses with a pool, but I might take you to a three-bedroom where you could build a four-bedroom. Yeah. And I might take you one with a big yard where you could dig a pool. And you didn't really need the pool now, you'd just like one. You didn't really need three bedrooms, you're just about to have a... Uh, four bedrooms, you're just about to have another baby. And you could buy this one cheaper and do the work. Well, I can do that as the agent. The paper can do that because it sits there in front of it, tells the story. You can judge it on features and benefits. But realestate.com, you hit four bedrooms plus and the property just vanishes off the screen. So it's a wonderful tool, but it's not the only tool. And too often as agents, we got caught in this trap of let's, let's just sell the pre-sold easiest thing. Yeah. Well, digital's fabulous. It's pre-sold and it's easy. But it doesn't tick all the boxes when it comes to best price, most buyers, and competition. And that's why the real estate fraternity has so much to gain from print. So much to gain. More than a lot of the newspapers that we advertise in, News Limited not necessarily being one, but other public, more than they think. Like, we are tied to that. Like, we all need it to work as much yeah. for each other, you know, because it's a great tool for us. Okay, so Hastie, what I mean, there's absolute gold, and if if you're the sort of person that 
uh, needs time to digest things, you know, press the pause button, move your finger on that uh, I, uh, iPhone and move it back and just listen to that part again because um, 90% of it, or most of it, I won't call it 90% of it, I'll say most of it is actually asking, is actually, I mean, it's, Hazley, best summed up, my, my daughter once said, um, I can't do that. And I said to her, well, if you don't think you, can't, you, you, you can, you don't try, you're always right. Yeah. So you're always tick the box, I yeah. was right. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit the same with VPA, isn't oh, it? To I this guy, a, a gentleman, say to me in another state um, about a month ago, he said, what do I need to go into the paper? I've, so, I've, all, I've sold every property online. And I said, have you ever been in the paper? And he said, no. Well, that's why you sell every property online. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never going to sell one in the paper. Yeah, always yeah. going online. Correct. You know, I just this is my piece. Is simply put, as I can say this to you, wherever you're watching this, I cannot be convinced that a fabulous digital campaign is better for the vendor and will guarantee more buyers than a fabulous digital campaign and a fabulous print campaign. Yeah. I can't be convinced that this one is better than these two. And then all the extra stuff that we do as agents. It doesn't stop with print. The letting the neighbours know, the grooming back through the database, the going back to pass open for inspection lists. Just being online is really making the extra mile way closer than it used to be. So, Hazley, what you're saying is, if there's an agent out there saying, oh... Uh, I need to get onto this print because it's going to help me build my brand. You're saying, hang on a second, this is more about getting the more buyers. This is more about having this property get energy, not just necessarily about you just building your profile. No, and, and I will share this with you. It was a real light bulb moment. I was sitting at a listing presentation when I had this moment. You know, you, you get an objection and you greet it with, like we all do in objections, like, oh, yeah, look, that makes sense, but... And you start mentally unpacking cupboards in the back of your mind yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking for the solution. And this vendor said to me, you just want to do this hazily for your profile. And I said, oh, look, I can understand you say that. But, and I start mentally unpacking cupboards. And I went worked through it. And, it, and what it led me to, and we probably don't have time to go through it all today, but what it led me to was this. A vendor that tells you that you're doing it for your profile is it effectively acknowledging that you will get business from the ads. If they're acknowledging that you'll get business from the ads and they're acknowledging you'll get listings from the ads, if they're acknowledging that you'll get listings from the ads, then they're acknowledging that local owners read the paper. And if they're acknowledging that local owners read the paper, the best buyers for local property are local owners. They know the values, they know the area, they're motivated. motivated. So then if, if people are, local people are reading the paper and local people are coming to me, then local people are reading the paper. And that's why we advertise. And profile for me actually means profile for you. Profile doesn't discriminate. So profile for me means that the paper is working. If I got no business from it, then the paper wouldn't be working. If you're saying, I'm doing it because I get business, it means the paper's working. Profile doesn't discriminate. If, it's, if I'm getting profile, then I'm only getting profile because they're seeing your property inquiring on and then coming through. Profile for me is profile for you. Brand for me is brand for yeah. you. So beautifully but said. them first. Yeah, yeah. They're not going, oh, let's forget the house and the text. Let's just read Tom Panos down the bottom. They're going, 
house, tax, who do I call? Oh, Tom. So, Hazel, you're saying, acknowledge it. Don't, yeah. This is not some big secret. This is, yes, there's publicity, and I'm part of that publicity, but in reality is that I'm on the ad, but the house is what takes up most of the yeah. ad, you know? People don't watch the news to see the newsreader. They watch the news to hear the news. They also find out who the newsreader is, and the newsreader gets some profile because of it. But they're not watching it to hear them speak about the news. They're looking, they want to hear the news. They're not reading the paper to see which agents have got the ads. They're reading the paper to see the properties. And then, as a byproduct, they're going to see the agents. I, I have seen the agents in my office that get it, that ask for the ads, that get the big ads. Sorry, in Matt's office, my old office. They, there is a direct correlation between more buyers through the front door, more competition, better price, and then, on the other side of the fence, more access to more people. Well, those relationships groomed properly will lead to more business. Okay, so you know, you're listening to a guy, four to five million dollar business, 30% market share in the areas he was operating, success leaves clues, this is not someone that has not walked their talk. He's talking about stuff that he's done. Uh, Hazley, you managed people in your business that went from nothing to writing a million bucks a year. Yeah. You've also had people in your business that would have had everything going for them and they stuff up. Yeah. Why? What's the difference between a good one and a bad one? So, there's a, there's a number of different things. When I sit down at the job interview, I try to sum it up as simply as possible. And that is two things that I have seen are consistent with top riders. Always one of two. Top riders have either one, hung around long enough. Hang out 30 years, people will associate you with property in the area and you'll do okay. So that's a long game, <laughs> slow burning candle, but you'll do some business. Two, hard work. So when I, and hard work is just the, just the key. So I used to sit in an office where I had two guys that were 30 both looked great, both great suits. One guy wrote 1.26 million a year in fees, the other one wrote 46,000 in fees. This guy got in at seven and left at nine. This guy got in at 10, started to, his game plan each day was turn on the computer, get a coffee, check my emails, and see what the day brings. And then get lost in the, in the, in the vortex of, oh, check Facebook and there goes 20 minutes. Wow, I'm on the, I'm on the hunt. Get, get lost in the... I'm going to go and chat to that person at that desk over there and see how it goes. Their mindset of, I'm going to prospect tonight between 5 and 7. And at 5 o'clock, then they'd start to prepare the numbers they were going to call. Then at 5.30, they'd make one call. Then at a quarter to 6, they'd be around the office. Are you prospecting tonight? I'm prospecting tonight. 6 o'clock comes, couple more calls. By 7 o'clock, made four calls. Think they've worked hard because they're leaving at 7. They made four calls. The other guy... Door shut, calling all day long, you know, and just following up, following through, vendor calls every day, sections of every day in, in tomorrow business, section of every day on servicing, section of every day on buyer follow-up. The, the, there's a guy who I'm sure you've had on your show that you know, Mark McLeod. He said a saying once to me that just resonated. People get it when you say it. And the number one thing in our business that is a killer is salespeople lack the discipline to handle the freedom that our industry gives them. The agents who create discipline in their business 
will succeed. The agents that leave it to, I'm just going to be reactive, follow the bouncing ball, get a coffee, turn on the computer, check the emails and see what happens, fail. Okay. Big idea. Structure. Run a process-driven business, not an energy-driven business. Hanging out, pretending to be busy versus busy getting a result. Yeah. Um, you've got to make the calls. You broke it up really well there. Can I just go over it? Tomorrow business, yeah. buyers, service current vendors. Yeah. Is that the way you break them up in your, your mind? Yeah, big part of... And, and then probably now vendors. You right. know, So who can I work on that's out there now that I could get? Withdrawn listings, um, available stock, with uh, end of agency stock, that sort of thing. Tomorrow vendors. Grooming relationships. You know, just because 12 months ago they didn't want to sell, a lot of changes. What you would know? you say, Hazley, most of the people that watch my videos are in the 250 gross commission to 400 gross commission. Yep. What do you say to those people? Some big ideas, some tips to get to the next level. What do you say? Obviously, prospecting is a big part of it. Yep. Okay. So when I've seen people kick through the next level, what have they done? Put on a PA. That was yeah. a big thing. It's investment, investment in a person. Have some structure for them when you put them on so that you can keep on sharp end activities. Vendor serve, like talking to vendors, talking to people face to face. So you move that stuff. Bigger ads, dominate your local press. Half and full page campaigns. Um, longer campaigns. Um, you know, four weeks, ideal. You know, hold it out there longer. Um, auctions. You know, these are, the, these are the things that those top agents have done. Um, in dominating their... Having, having structure to communicate with people regularly and consistently. So I'll give you some examples. If you're a vendor in a marketplace... Or, no, let's forget the word vendor. If you're a homeowner in a marketplace, touch points that keep them informed as to what's happening with the market with a business theme. So they know that... If they ever wanted to sell, you would have a buyer for their property. You just don't want to touch base and see how they They need to know that you're a local professional, you want to have a great relationship, but also Tom, just, hey, the real estate agent in me wouldn't let me hang up this phone without telling you, I've got lots of people that want to buy in this area. And I know you said you never want to sell, but if you ever did, the line would start at your place and go to my office. I've got people that want to look at your place. So if you ever do decide to sell, let me know so that you don't drive past and see a sold sign one day and they say, oh, Hazley Kush told me how to buy, so we didn't bring it through and sold. You know, so stuff around tomorrow business, structure around that holds you into it and you've got a groom it. And I think it's got to be beyond just, you know, you, you can't just have an e-brochure that goes out. There's got to be something personal in it. Every now and then it's going to need to be material uh, and, and definitely phone calls. But, but those three big things are probably the three biggest that I've seen agents that punch through 500 to a million, and it's a quick jump. You've got to be able to have some support to help you hold relationships with vendors and not lose um, follow-up with buyers. Big thing. So PA, PA works. Uh, uh, Hazley, at what stage should someone put a PA? Okay, my experience, usually 100,000 commission ago. Right, <laughs> you know, right. like we normally do it too late because we're nervous. You know, like it's... It's a big investment. You know, you get your first um, access to a heavy fixed cost that you've got to pay whether you make money or not. Um, in that range of 250 to 350 is around where agents start to ask that question. You can, um, 
if you're questioning, should I team up with another agent, that's around the time you should be thinking, am I pulling the punch here? Should I really, am I really better off investing in a PA and, and having that as a solid fixed cost to continue to drive me? Plus, when you tell someone what they need to do, it reminds you what you need to do. So having a PA and some structure around that is very, very I important. I like that. I like that. Um, it's, a, it's a memory aid about what should be done by actually teaching someone to do yeah. it. Okay. Uh, Hazley, I want to talk about what do you reckon the, the biggest... Actually, this is the question I want to ask you. If you were meeting you on day one in real estate again, knowing what you know, what advice would you be giving you based on your career to date? What would you say to yourself on your first day now about real estate? I would say real estate is a marathon, not a sprint. It's a slow-burning candle. There are activities that you can do, which is what I talk about now business. There are activities that you can do that will help you get stock now. But if you just do those, then you can't plan moving forward. So you need to do activities around getting listings today. So those, those listings that are available to you today. But you also need to do things to build relationships for tomorrow. I was 18 when I started. I looked about 13. Um, I caught up. <laughs> um, but being young in real estate is an asset. You are lucky. You have something that I don't have now. Uh, I have a wife and a beautiful baby girl, and I'm blessed to have them. But I've got some commitments with them that I didn't have before I had a wife and a baby girl. I was able to work till late. And it took me four or five years to get that that being young is a luxury. They're the years to really build a strong foundation. And I needed to find the, the, the places that I could go and compete where I couldn't compete today. A guy by the name of Phil Parker, an auctioneer who's probably the best auctioneer that I've ever, ever seen and worked with. I'd been in real estate four years and wasn't getting anywhere, no traction with the ground. And he sat me down and we developed a follow-up process around open houses that allowed me to get to them Saturday afternoon and then do listing presentations on Sunday. Now, none of my competitors were prepared to do listing presentations. So you make the contact after the open on the same Saturday. day? Contact Saturday afternoon after the open, and if they're a seller, can I come and see you tonight or tomorrow? So my most competitive agent back then wasn't doing the calls till Monday night. Well, by Monday night, I'd listed it. Now, if I was doing the Monday night at the same time and we both went, I would lose. 18, looked 14, no right. experience. But when I call and they've gone through opens that day and nobody else has called, they think, this guy's a hard worker, that's what we want in our agent. You're going to come and see me Sunday? Well, the only thing I had to nurse on Sunday back in those days was a hangover. So yeah. I'm okay. You know? um, so I go, I would list it and it was a game changer for me. I found out that the advantage for me was I had time. So I could go later at night, I could go earlier in the morning, I could go Saturday night, I could go Sunday. Young was my... Your age, regardless of your age, is your advantage. You've just got to find out what it is. So I probably carried it for a bit of a chip on my shoulder for a couple of years, thinking oh, it's harder for me because I'm young. That bra's been burnt. Young's not young. Not, young's not too young in real estate. You know, you can, you can have real definite advantage. Um, so I would tell myself, um, pull your nappy up, do the hours. Yeah. Ask if you start asking today for auctions and big ads, you're going to get them sooner than if you start asking in a year. 
you'll get more experience, you'll learn from each listing presentation, you'll do better. Um, and I would have fixed my follow-up, I would have fixed my follow-up sooner. It took me four years to get my open house follow-up right, and when I fixed that, I fixed my open house follow-up and my vendor service. I never, after a, a, a four years in, I used to, for the first four years, have that black spot of, I haven't spoken to this owner for a week, I don't know what to tell them, I'm waiting for something to happen so I can call them. After four years, I just called them every day. I never, every time I called my owner, it was, it was a delightful conversation. Right. There was no, I was not anxious about it. Yeah. It was fabulous. So you reckon daily conversations? Yeah, daily conversations unless they tell you otherwise. Yeah. Right. Oh, hey, don't call me every day, call me every other day. That is a way better comment from an owner than, oh, thank God, Hayes, we thought you were dead, we haven't heard from you for three weeks, yeah. you know? So, yeah, every day unless they tell you otherwise. For just one or two seconds, here's the game plan today, I want to let you know I'm on to it. If they're dealing with financial people in any other investment market, they might be getting daily phone calls from those professionals if they're in transaction mode. Well, then they're in transaction mode with us, we should be talking to them daily. Okay. Hazley, I'm going to definitely need to interview you again because I, I think I could go for hours and hours. But I think that if people just do three or four things, some of the things that you've just come up there, you know, daily conversations about um, making the calls, not just hanging out in the office pretending to be busy preparing to make the calls, yeah. um, uh, doing your open follow-ups on Saturday afternoon, doing your presentations on Sunday, outworking the competition, not using I'm new or I'm young as an excuse, eliminating mm -hmm. excuses, using it as a strength. Mate, this has been gold. This has been gold. Um, and anyone that wants to follow Hazley, he's on Twitter. You're going to have to put up with some rugby commentary, you know. <laughs> but if um, uh, put that aside, just try and ignore that stuff. He's a fanatical uh, a red supporter. That's true. Um, but Hazley, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Thank Good Thank luck. You.